Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Who Do You Think You Are? An exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lastia Kahoot, and I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-host on this show and in life, Glenn Sheridan. Every episode, we're joined by a special guest who inspires us to consider not only what we think, but how we think, and how that thinking impacts our life experience. It's time to get this conscious conversation started as we ask today's guest, who do you think you are? Hey, everybody. I'm Lassia Kahoot. I am here with my co-host, Glenn Sheridan, and we are here for another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? I am so excited about our guest today. I think I probably say that every single time, but I'm really, really excited about our guest today. One of them I know, one of them I am just meeting for the first time right now. And, and so let me, let me introduce them a little bit so that we have a little bit of an idea of where it is that we're going to go today. So together, our guests are the co-creators of something called the Akira concept, and they refer to themselves as unconventional idealists. David has a passion for and dedication to functional movement, foundational wellness, and self-care, and productively rewiring the mind-body connection. He has also been teaching fitness, including indoor cycle, weight training, and yoga for over 30 years. Now, Lisa, she's the one that I know, um, she is, uh, works daily at making healthy futures possible with drive, intuition, and connectivity, and she founded Borden Communications, a B Corp certified company, way back in 1994, and excels at developing efficient strategies that create positive change and healthy outcomes for conscious people and brands. And together, and this is where the super cool part of, of today's conversation is going to come from, together they work to challenge the status quo of inefficient health solutions, rampant disconnect, and dangerous lifestyles. Now, I know that there is so much more to each of them. There is so much more to them collectively, including this amazing brand new book that they just co-authored, which I want to get the title right. Is it the Akira State Workbook? There it is right there. For those of you who are seeing, for those of you who are listening, we're seeing the book. <laughs> and so, yeah, the Akira State Workbook. And we're going to find out very soon where people can get their hands on a copy of this workbook, which is just so full of amazing stuff like how to incorporate intelligent self-care routines and rituals into your life. It speaks to regeneration, not degeneration. It talks about calm and resiliency, about nourishment, how to spend money wisely, how to find wellness in ways you've never considered, and so much more. So without further ado, the way we start off every single episode of Who Do You Think You Are? Lisa Borden and David Newton, tell us, who do you think you are? Go for it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, we have a shared title that we came up with when we started working together that we say that we are unconventional idealists, so that we believe in personal journeys and human potential. That's, that's our thing. Okay. David, you want to add something to that? Um, nope. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> we are uh, very much un unconventional idealists and we are, I guess our mandate is to challenge status quo. That's the big thing is that we just see so much, uh, so many things happening in day-to-day -day life that are leading us in the wrong direction. And they're, they're, it's status quo based. 
And what we're doing is we're challenging that and we're getting people to think outside of that. It's a new way of thinking. So you, you ask for a long answer. If you want a long answer, we can go on for hours. <laughs> but we try, we try and be succinct. You know, I, I can speak forever. <laughs> and you can really distill it down like that. I know that from, from having worked with Lisa a long time ago. And so, okay, so let's talk about, let's chunk it down then. Let's talk about idealism. Because you guys call yourselves unconventional idealists, what, what is idealism? Because when I look at the word, and I actually looked up a few definitions before we hopped on today, because I have referred to myself um, sometimes as an idealist, I looked up the word idealism and there were so many different definitions that came up. And some of them, as I was looking at them, thinking, wait a second, this is, this is not what I'm thinking in terms of idealism. This is not what I'm thinking of in terms of ideas or ideals. And so when you guys are talking about idealism, what are you talking about? Well, it's a couple of things just to address that. So in terms of definition and defining, we not only make up words and terms, yeah. but we sort of take on our own, you know, we use our own lens to yeah. define things. On our website, we actually have a whole section in the book that we've called the lexicon. And we actually explain everything that we refer to in a very, very simple way. So people understand the context in which we're using a term. Um, but for unconventional idealists, one of the things we always say, you know, we're active citizens. So we're actively pursuing meaningful goals with passion and purpose and authenticity. And that's that idealism. In that way we have, I would, I would say that we both have um, really strong opinions, yes. but not <laughs> ego, just strong opinions yeah. and, and, um, and understanding what we believe is right, but also understanding that we're learning every day as well. So yeah. what's right today, it's about being open-minded and always um, finding what is ideal in the moment. And the unconventional part is, you know, you've known me for long enough that I don't really, you know, it's as David was saying about status quo, we don't really, go there and yeah. most of the time we feel like we don't fit in yeah. um and it sucks sometimes feeling it's like why am i the crazy one why am i the crazy one it's not so unconventional is a way of saying that we're really good with being weird or yeah. crazy or whatever it is that society's said we are so we we look at it as a positive spin that's my yeah. And so, okay. So, cause when I think of you, Lisa, uh, I, I mean, some words that come to mind, sustainability is one thinking outside of the box, that phrase, definitely innovation is, is definitely um, something that comes to mind and, and creativity. I mean, just creativity. Like I, I remember having meetings with you and meetings with Lisa Borden, you know, for half an hour or worth maybe a half a day workshop with someone else, because you really do just get down to the nitty gritty, the fundamentals, and your ideas are coming like this the whole time. Yeah, and it's you. just, it's amazing. You are so in the moment, so present. And I mean, sort of just coming from, from my spiritual background now, it's, it's like you're just downloading and allowing whatever is just available, those infinite potentialities that are always in play. You're just allowing them to bubble up and come up. And, and at some point something lands for, you know, I'm, I'll just speak to my experience, you know, all these things would be coming and then one of them would land, you know, for me and it's like, haha, that's something that I can get behind. So, so to see now that, I mean, not that you're ever going to stop, you're just like evolution and, and ongoing creativity and expression in action. 
And David, I suspect that you are this too, you know, like since you guys are doing this together, I mean, how could you not be? And so I just, from what little I know about the Akira concept and wellness intelligence, I just love this approach to wellness on such a, like, this is, this is holistic at a whole other level. I mean, this is, this is comprehensive, but as the living, breathing, expanding, growing, evolving thing, which is not just passion, which is not just inspiration, but there's action, there's action, there's accountability, there is purpose, there is intention. And, and so this whole package that you guys are presenting is, is so exciting for me. And I just would love for you to talk more about whatever you want to talk about right now, you know, just pick one aspect, sort of start from there so that people can hear a little bit about this amazing, exciting Akira concept and this book that you have just come out with. So who, who wants to... I, that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's always, I just have to say one more thing after. So first of all, thank you, because that was so beautiful to actually yeah. listen to. And, um, you know, I've always, always appreciated sharing space and time with you um, in anything that we were doing together, whatever side of the table that I was on. But one of the things is, you know, David and I haven't even known each other that long in the scheme of life. But all those things that you said, it was like this connection where it was like David has that same way of doing things mm -hmm. and our story began because I showed up in one of his classes uh -huh. and he offered such a different take on a spin class and I I didn't really like what he was doing at first because it was actually different and unfamiliar to me and I challenged him and he challenged me and and you know everything started because I wanted to actually help him package his brilliance mm -hmm. um in the same you know how i was so passionate about it and and um so that's how it started so yeah. david actually came in as a client and we were so involved and he was so excited that i understood him on a different level from how he approached movement and i understood him it, it just worked really well and so it evolved from david newton wellness which was um mind body and soul um very, very heavily movement and breath-based. And then my create, my creativity, my innovation and in packaging something and it evolved into not mm -hmm. just our life work, but that's where wellness intelligence came from. Again, making up a term mm -hmm. um, to try and make something land and make sense to other people because we don't just want to hold this for ourselves. We yeah. don't really want to. Anyway, now I'll let David speak. <laughs> um, well, we were shut down in the middle of March because of COVID. We were put into lockdown. And it was from that point on that Lisa and I sat at a desk across from one another for 8, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And we just started to create. I think one of the things that we believe in is uh, divine guidance. Mm. And um, we, we understand that we're being affected on that level. Um, also understanding that we live in a, a society where everything is highly specialized and because it's highly specialized, the scope of our intellect and our capacity is quite narrow. So one of the things that we do at the Akira concept is we have defined it um, in a very, very wide sort of scope and understanding that you're only as strong overall as the weakest part of your being. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we, we approach things. It's like a chain, the analogy of a chain. 
and that it's only as strong as its weakest link. So if you're, um, and I know this uh, personally because I developed myself at a very high level on a physical level and understanding that there's also a spiritual and a mental and an emotional side to that as well. And if those parts are underdeveloped, then they're gonna cap your capacity to be physical. So what, what we did, what I did with Lisa was we added to those realms, we added financial and other environmental. environmental. So we added other, yeah. So it was a, a really interesting thing to take, I guess, a fairly wide scope of each of us independently and bring it together and to take it to a level where I believe we've encompassed everything that you need to address in terms of wellness uh, as, as a form of wellness, I should say, and, uh, and make sure that you challenge yourself to attack or to develop the weakest component of that so that it brings the bell curve or everything up. And, and our work, the amazing thing is, as David challenged me, you know, you said in the introduction about regeneration instead of degeneration. Mm -hmm. So we really believe you mm -hmm. are being one or the other in anything that you're doing um, at any point in time. And, you know, David's whole approach to movement was always... Um, multi-dimensional not linear not linear and he'd say we, you know everything is about connection I was like I can't sell connection how do you sell connection and um we really believe we figured it yeah. out I understand it on a different level and so David challenged me to say it's great that you're moving it's great that you're spinning three days a week but that's all linear that's all sagittal movement you have to be, you know, there has to be variety. So not only do you have to move your body in a multi-dimensional way, but you have to do more than one form of exercise. Right. So he got me into doing yoga and doing weight training. And I really did feel so much stronger in my body and, and stupid things, not to diminish yeah. work, but it was David explaining the core breath connection, just breath that it actually took away my need for having massages. I thought it was yeah. sitting in a, my, my desk, you know, like long hours at a desk and spinning that I had some lower back pain and just how I use my breath and my core changed yeah. everything, changed the way that I walk, changed the way that I sat at my desk, but changed how I felt in my body. And at the same time, you know, we always tell this funny story that, you know, you know how I am with food. So, you know, it's all tracing back to where it came from and, and the empathy that's involved in eating. So fueling yourself on a level where it's not just what you're putting in your body. It's not about, it's not about calories in calories out. It's, it's about um, nurturing yourself and nourishing yourself through food and also creating the kind of world you want with every single thing you purchase, mm -hmm. whether it's a tomato or a t-shirt and David would stand and I was, I had such respect for him and he'd stand at the front of class and he thought it was funny because I react, um, as people know, I, I, strongly. I react she strongly. Reacts strongly. strongly. Yeah, good word. <laughs> and um, he would drink, like he would show me, he was opening a creamer, like a shelf stable creamer and pouring it in to a crappy cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup and drinking it and laughing because I was on a bike and I couldn't. And she was having a meltdown. And I was like house. having a <laughs> meltdown. And I was like, you know, this was before we were working together because yeah. we never worked together if he didn't get through that. And it was, but it was in, you know, everything in the book, you talk about sustainable. It's not just sustainable, it's successful because we're not mm -hmm. taking anything away. Um, you know, David said, I'm too busy. I don't have time to do this, this, this. And I was like, of course we do. And I was just as resistant. So this is in the, as two people were 
I guess, pretty proud of where we were and what we were contributing. You know, David's helping people um, teaching 40 classes yeah. a week and people love David's classes and coming in and, you know, I feel so grateful to have so many amazing clients that I've worked with for, you know, over 25 years. And yet there was all these pieces missing. So we really yeah. helped each other, not just fill in, you know, I helped David with kind food and understanding food. And now David can nourish himself. He can, he went from yeah. never making a drink for himself, not cooking nothing to be able to shop and cook and navigate through a farmer's market and understand the magic in actually knowing your farmer and thanking your farmer and the gratitude that's involved in that the same way that he ran yeah. his, you know, yoga practice. But I think the rewards as well, the reward that I've experienced from what Lisa was just explaining is this sense of well-being that I'd never experienced before. So I used to use coffee to keep myself hyped up so that I could make my way through my different classes and feel really, really big about it. And I think one of the biggest confusions that I had was the difference between fitness and health. And I was very fit, but I wasn't living a very healthy life. And that's a big confusion, I think, generally speaking, um, that you can be very fit and be very unhealthy simultaneously. And so that's really changed for me because I believe that my level of fitness now, which is higher than it's ever been, at uh, 60 plus years of age, I, I believe that I'm more fit now than I've ever been, mm -hmm. but it's at its foundation is a, a tremendous sense of health and the rewards that come feel, from that as and well. And you feel better yeah. in your body. I Absolutely. feel, so before COVID, we were actually teaching workshops. We were yeah. doing workshops and they were full, they were great. And they were called future proofing. And predominantly movement-based. Predominantly yeah. movement-based is yeah. um, a lot that I was helping David package himself yeah. and his amazing work. And so we were, we when I say we were teaching, David was at the front of the room and yeah. he was teaching his movement base. She was standing at the back of the room going like this. <laughs> Micromanaging. <laughs> and, and we, you know, we had we had sponsors, we had sponsors and we had um, workbooks for people. So it, it had all of you know, my touches and, mm -hmm. and, and David's magic, it was all there. And um, we were figuring out how to evolve that because we really wanted to go into teaching people how to eat, um, not from a nutritionist standpoint, not bumping any guardrails and doing a dietitian's job or a nutritionist job, but actually just teaching people to, you know, you know, well, my, my son Ryan's line, it's, you know, about tracing your food back to where it came from and feeling good about it. That's part of taste is feeling good about what you eat. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to incorporate that. And then, yeah. you know, there's hydration and David's training on breath, the breath connection and how all of those things actually related to creative entrepreneurs. So all of my clients, you know, need this. You talk about nervous system regulation yeah. and, you know, the window of tolerance and understanding. And we went into all these amazing areas and we, you know, we went deep actually we, during our studies. Yeah, but it was even yeah. original. It was David was teaching 40 yeah. classes a week, seven days a week. And I'm a mother of three and working um, full time. And it was like, how are we going to bring this all together? And then COVID. And then COVID, <laughs> we, we, we actually went away. We went to a trade show at the beginning of March in California, Expo West, to do our food, food yeah. work. And we got there and we landed on the Monday and um, 
Monday at 5 p.m., all the everyone was pulling out because of COVID and they shut the conference down. So wow. we found ourselves with this week. We were in California and we were supposed to be doing work this whole time. So we met with a couple of my clients and then yes. we did, um, we met this amazing human that we had actually met on a different work um, travel and we took sound bowl healing um, training. So we ended up doing that that week. So we took yes. this opportunity and we came back ready with our full workshops and we were like, we we're going to add all this stuff in. And then it was like, oh, you traveled in the last 14 days. So David, you can't work. You can't go anywhere. So it was yeah. like, oh, we have two weeks. We can, we have two weeks. Imagine what the two of us yeah. together can do for two weeks. And here we are nine months later. <laughs> um, so that's how the, the actual workbook came to be. Um, it's 370 pages of print, uh, but it's all to, you know, yeah. to doodle and to work in. Yeah. It's, it's as interactive as a print book could be. Mm -hmm. And wanted to, there's no digital format. We really believe in taking yeah. it back to basics and it, the amount of um, times that we edited and changed the table of yeah. contents and what was in it and the order of it. And, you know, David talks about divine guidance and, you know, there's stuff in here that there's, there's a certain pages that took us a couple of weeks, two weeks for yeah. one page and going pretty deep and messy into one topic Yeah, and then distilling it down Stripping to something it down, yeah. so, so simple because we want this to work for people. So mm -hmm. it's not a magic bullet, mm -hmm. not rainbows and unicorns. It's actual, if you, if you're ready and you do the work, it's, 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 it's everything. It's everything. It's not restrictive. Yeah. Nope. It's just regenerative, not degenerative. So what's really interesting about it is that we did all of this research and we developed a very strong sense of what it is that we wanted to, to put in the book. And then we stripped it right down so that it was incredibly, incredibly simple, easily digestive, digestible, and also added a very, very positive slant to everything we did. So one of the things that Lisa was saying was that we we don't take anything away. We never during the book, during the workbook, do we ask you to stop doing something. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we, we try to flood you with really good things. And if you fill up your life with really good, positive things, then it starts to edge all of the negative stuff out. So you start mm -hmm. to let that stuff go uh, because it just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't fit. So it's not a, it's not a restriction. Um, you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And, and I know this, because I've experienced it with food myself. I haven't consciously had to restrict my diet at all. I've just added all of these really beautiful things through Lisa and they've just kind of caused me not to want to have that other stuff in my diet anymore. And so for me, it's been an incredible transformation from eating unconsciously to, to now eating very consciously and mm -hmm. the rewards, yeah. And not in that restrictive, and yeah. not in that restrictive way that I appreciate this heirloom tomato dressing directly from yeah. Jesse and Ben's mm -hmm. farm. I, and then how do you eat something yeah. that you know, you know, has been harvested right. by yeah. child labor and waxed and shipped and then it doesn't even taste yeah. good. And I grew up on a farm. So we always had a, a like an acre lot that was for vegetables. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with roots and I grew up with seasonal eating and my mother was very much 
Um, she prepared foods daily for us and it, everything came from the garden. And so I grew up that way. And I guess as I made my way into adulthood, I kind of lost that into the whole fast food, the easy aspect of nourishing yourself and thinking. And you didn't think it was fast food. No. He wasn't eating McDonald's. It no. was just not eating well. And yeah. that's what we talk about that well. And if someone like David, who is so um, attuned and paying attention to how he felt in his body yeah. from a physical aspect, and then not just physical, but yeah. also spiritual, mental, and emotional from even studying yoga and teaching movement and breath work, yeah. there's that missing component. We were both like, we were both missing so many things. Yeah. And um, so it's amazing to help each other fill that in. And then, you know, when you're the teacher and you're teaching, you end up learning yeah. more than Absolutely. what you're teaching. And so we have this amazing um, connection that we are constantly, and that's the book is a result of this, yeah. constantly um, challenging each other and teaching each other. And by way of me teach David, it's like I'm learning the entire yeah. time. So even with food, you know, it's, there's still so much more connection, so much more to learn when you're doing it with somebody else and you benefit yeah. from that, you know, challenging nature. So it's pretty interesting. So the book is a result of, um, we would like to say, you know, evidence-based stuff, but it's, it's really common sense based. And yeah. if David could lose his way with food or I could not know about movement and we both sort of took pride in, in being efficient and yeah. functional in what we were doing, imagine how powerful status quo is in our daily life and we're not actually um we aren't unconventional idealists but everyone has the opportunity to be so yeah. you know our whole idea of wellness intelligence is built on uh 14 foundations yeah. one of which is called the wrong bus syndrome and I don't, have you ever heard of it uh, no, I maybe I don't know, but go ahead, talk. <laughs> it's it's just really it's a really neat idea. It's just about the wrong bus. Like as society, we are traveling on the wrong bus, and why are we going in the wrong direction? Why are we not doing right or well or as well for ourselves as we can? And it's basically that you know some people don't even know they're on the wrong bus. Some people think it's too expensive to get off the right the wrong bus. Some people think they don't have time to. Yeah. Um, they don't realize that there's options yeah. and we're all right. It's that's what we're all guilty of. So the amazing thing is we believe that um, we can put something forward because we are students just like everyone else. So we want people to understand that we just believe that we're all on our own journey and we all have, you know, anything's possible. That's the first page in our book. It's like, just believe that anything's possible. And here's the information. It's common sense. It's really good, but it does really yeah. Buck gets you off the wrong bus and puts you onto the right bus. And that's a big deal. Yeah. So I, I think just understanding that everything is based on these foundations. And once you understand the foundations, you can start to make your way uh, to the, a place of wellness intelligence. I think one of the things that's most important for, that we learned when we were studying together is that we have these skills and our skills are, are for the most part, they're um, specific and what we learned was that our skills are transferable to anything else. And I guess what, what it taught us was that because I could transfer my skill set to just about anything else I'm wanting to learn, in essence, what it told us is that everything is connected. Mm -hmm. yeah. So 
all of the different realms of wellness are all basically they they come under the same rules meaning if if you if you're not a practice you you don't yeah. do breath work but you're amazing in the kitchen and yeah. you can figure out a recipe or be creative yeah. in cooking and then you can also be creative with learning how to move or learning how to breathe exactly. so we have wellness intelligence it's the the book or our work is based on five ladders and that's mm -hmm. what david was just saying climbing to a place of wellness yeah. intelligence and so we have five ladders which took us a long time to figure out you know people all say there's pillars and 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 categories and we really had a hard time yeah. even defining ladders because it kept blowing our minds it's like everything is really connected like yeah. when david would say movement's a priority because our we're made to move and i was like okay but you can't move without eating like how is that not a priority or yeah. and and breath and you, rest. And rest. so our main ladders um in no order our breath um to breathe move fuel rest and connect right and you know, connect being a ladder that goes back to me telling David there, he, he kept saying to me, it's all connection, Lisa, it's connection, it's connection. I was like, I, I can't sell that. I don't, I don't understand, but we are now yeah, at a point where we course. really, I mean, I really do understand and David understands even more. Yeah, and no, um, not even more, but yeah. Yeah, on a daily basis more. Yeah. And so after, you know, working on those five ladders and, you know, everything's with ebbs and flows. So I could say I'm at the, we're never really at the top of any ladder. There's always something more we can do, always something better, just by keeping an open mind, open heart. And, um, you know, the fact that we're always learning, we're on our own journey. So we talk about middles. So there's never any end or any, beginning. any beginning. We're always somewhere in the middle. And so our lives are made up of constant middles. So you never feel as though you've arrived Mm -hmm. And you never feel like you've shut something down either. So it's, it's just, a, a, I guess it's a beautiful way of taking on your day or taking on your Would life. Would you know, look at all the stuff that you're yeah. learning and doing and, and taking on. So, Okay, there's a good pause. Thank you. <laughs> I feel there were, there were like so many questions. Like, it's thinking, oh, this and this. Yeah. We're right. taking notes. We're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I take notes every time so that later when I'm editing that I can actually do a little write up and, and some key phrases and words and stuff. Wow. I mean, everything, everything that you're talking about, and I know you could keep talking and I just, I feel the energy. I feel it right now. I feel the energy that is you, that is this work, that is this, this evolution that is happening, this movement right now. And, and so there were so many different, you know, times in my life, experiences, metaphors, examples that came to mind when you were both just speaking. And, and I guess for me, it just, it, I mean, one of the things really that's happened for me since I really took an active part in my spiritual journey, like four and a half years ago, just before we moved from Toronto to here is is and it, it goes to connectivity and interconnectivity and and it speaks to the idea of oneness that there's just this one creative energy intelligence um being a source whatever you want to call it god um that that's it that's what's going on all the time that there there if you go quantum that there is this domain of potentiality that is infinite in scope creative by nature every possibility that could ever be 
is available right here, right now, and is constantly, you know, either in possibility form or in actual form and just going back and forth. And we're always doing that with, you know, the reality that we're creating just by virtue of our being. Um, and so are we going to do it consciously or are we going to do it unconsciously? Are we going to live our lives by default or are we going to live them by design? And, and the more that I have, I mean, it didn't take long, but, you know, at one point I realized as I was on this journey, why, you know, the main reason that LPKs, my bakery that I had um, in Toronto, why sort of in the grand scheme of things, it didn't work. And, and when you guys talk about, you know, whether it's your ladders or your foundations or my teacher, he has a table, pillars, circle, what diagram, whatever you want to call it. If you're only focusing on one area and neglecting the others, how can there be balance? How can there be ebb and flow? How can there be harmony and this, you know, amazing ongoing creative flow? How can you be open and allow for this divine guidance, you know, to come through and to just guide you and, and express itself to, you know, in the most unique, amazing way possible through and as you? if you are not fully aware, as aware as you can be of all these different aspects of your life. And so when you're talking about, um, you know, wellness in all these different realms, it just makes me think of consciousness and how even when people are talking about money and prosperity, well, prosperity, it's not just about money. It's not just about financial wealth. Prosperity is about your health and well-being. It is about creativity and expression. It is about your relationships, you know, with people, with ideas, with, with whatever. And so just, I am loving what you guys are talking about because it's just, it's so integrated and, and the interconnectivity for me is is foundational and yeah. and i love 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 the idea of of knowing and just feeling that i am interconnected to everyone and everything because everyone and everything is some form of expression of this one universal energy this this creativity that is always always in play and so to be aware of that to embrace that, to embody that, um, and to, and to do it, you know, on an ongoing basis. I mean, that's, that's what life is all about. And so you guys bringing this wellness intelligence and, and this, this workbook and the work that you're doing, um, and just your energy and your passion to the world. I just, I am so excited to look at that book, but I'm just so excited that this is happening. You know, that this is happening because it's not just about eating the right food. It's not just about eating organic. It is not just about the yoga or the weight training or how many times you work out. And it's not just about meditating for this many minutes every single day. Um, it's, it's all of it together. And it can also look slightly different, you know, depending on who you are, where you are, what season it is, what age you are, like all of it. So that's, that's when we were putting the book together. That was also the challenge, right? Because with everything being connected, yeah. we would have things like, where does this go? Where do we <laughs> so you talk about financial wellness? Yeah. So we address that in so many ways, including the way you actually spend money. So it's not just what you have in your yeah. bank account. It's how you earn it and how, but also how you spend it. The power of the dollar. 
and the power of the dollar. But, you know, so you speak about the human relationships. So we have one page on human relationships. We have a page on, you know, we, 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 I, we mentioned that we make up words. Yeah. So kinesiosphere is that energy that we are we're enveloped in. enveloped in that's communicating on our behalf, you know, whether we're conscious or um, not conscious of it. It's like an aura, yes. somewhat like an aura. Yeah. And what we have, what we take such pride in, in this book and in our work is that instead of speaking big, there's so many beautiful philosophers, there's so many beautiful um, and powerful spiritual teachings. And we want our book and wellness intelligence to actually support all of that, mm -hmm. not be instead of. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, we've broken all of these components down into tangible, um, you know, like I do with everything and David does in, yeah. and has always in his work um, and put it in like a page format. So it's mm -hmm. simple and it's understood. And you speak about how many minutes you meditate or how many times in the whole book. And there's a hundred pages at least of it yeah. is on certain movement patterns. Um, we have no metrics. Yeah. There are no metrics in the whole book. We do not say 25 reps. We do not say every day. We do not say three days a week. There is no program because it's all about dialing into how you feel and understanding that everything you do is everything you do matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And every choice you make matters and everything's connected. Exactly. And it's about it's about being as efficient with your energy as possible too. So one of the things, Lucia, that I wanted to say is that I started going to market with Lisa, um, I guess at the beginning of the summer, right? And COVID, when COVID. Yeah. Started. So we started going into to market and, and I'd never experienced standing in line with a bunch of people getting ready to go through and see all the different vendors. And I knew that the food that we were about to purchase and the people that we were, we were about to meet, they were so highly specialized in the development of the best food that you could possibly eat to nourish your body. And I was surrounded by people that were so disconnected from their bodies all at the same time. So obesity, uh, really poor quality movement, um, poor posture. And I said to Lisa one day, I said, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand how I'm surrounded by people that they are about to purchase and eat the best food that you can possibly put in your body and why is, the, why is there this rampant disconnect with the bodies that they live in? And, so, and, it, and it was so funny because yeah. it's my happiest place. Yeah. And I just love the people there and I love the food there. And, you know, it's been something I've done as a mother with my, you know, husband and kids for yeah. the, 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 you know, forever since yeah. it started. And I'd never even dialed into that. So having David and teaching David and him showing me something else that that's caused us to yeah. actually want to support the farmers because they are supporting us in mm -hmm. such an important way and so our work we just want to give back we just want to yeah. help so those are people that we're really interested in supporting helping them discover their wellness intelligence so they can amazing amazing that's that's one of the things that that i sort of think about in the spiritual world where um i mean we started with this path that i'm on right now in toronto and then for me transferred here glenn has sort of veered off in a slightly different direction but for me one of the things that i notice even though i study through los angeles um is that the community that i'm with here 
And even being here, even though there are a lot of healthy people, there are people who are outside all the time. I mean, any day there's like a pack of senior cyclists that are like going through, you know, our little village or Sydney or on the highway or whatever in the middle of our winter kind of thing. There are people who are shorts here all year round. And, uh, and there are people who are so active. And on the other hand, there are people who just are not. And, and, it, and in, in my world where we talk about how everything, like we are creating our reality with what we not even think, what we believe, you know, whether we're aware of those beliefs or not. And this is what we teach. And this is what we talk about. And this is what we gather and get together and, and like just deepen, you know, in, in, in just sort of down that sort of, path yet there are so many who are overweight who are have mobility issues who you know we'll talk about all of this amazing creativity and energy and oneness and interconnectivity and i create my reality and then say when our gathering time is over oh man my bursitis oh my doctor's appointment oh this and and so that's kind of that disconnect that i you know, I'm like, am I, am I being judgmental here? Cause I mean, I have, I have stuff that, you know, I'm working on and, and there are things that I'm stronger in and things that I'm not as strong in. I feel I'm pretty aware though, of where that disconnect is and where, where the, the nourish, some extra nourishment is required. Um, but it just like, it, it amazes me how, how people who have been, you know, studying, who have been teaching, who are, say, higher up, you know, in, in, in the organization or, or our examples and leaders and stuff like that, how they can be so strong and so focused and so devoted and passionate about one aspect of their lives. But then, David, you know, like you mentioned, but then there's this. And a lot of times, at least from what I see, it's physical health. That, that just loses out to other stuff. And so I, do, you, do you have any thoughts on, on why that is? So the interesting thing about the human body is it is, it is a, the consummate energy conservation mach machine. So it will do whatever it needs to do to conserve energy, even if it's at the long-term detrimental effect. So for example, we will change the way we move to conserve energy, even if it changes the way we live in our bodies. And I mean, uh, so for example, the, um, the primary muscle of locomotion is your glute, your buttocks. So that's where we thrust and that's what propels us forward. And if you watch people go up and down stairs or go up a hill, they have this tendency to bend forward and use the front part of the leg to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. What ends up happening is, so they start to default to a secondary muscle and then it weakens the primary muscle and, and it, but it's a form of efficiency. It's a form of something that we do naturally to create efficiency. And the detrimental effect is we start to lose the primary locomotion in our body. The hip becomes unstable. Um, we, we get hip pain and, and then eventually what happens is the hip breaks down. Mm, so goes just, into our knee and into the yeah, foot, right? The thing about the hip too, as Lisa was saying, is that it refers up into your spine. So it starts to cause lower back pain. And it also refers down into your knee and your lower body, your ankle yeah. and your foot. So it starts to create. So it's just a, like, it's a chain. And basically yeah. when you interrupt the chain and the way it's supposed to, to work, there's an effect above and below the chain as well. Dealing with that right now myself, I have to say. <laughs> and so one of the things that was so, which was amazing before COVID when we were doing these workshops, yeah. it was David teaching primarily that 
physical movement yeah. called future proofing. Mm -hmm. And it was about helping you, you know, um, age gracefully and live well in your body yeah. from a more physical standpoint. And so even though I helped put the program together, David was teaching it. And I was at all the workshops in the back of the room, as he said, trying to micromanage him. <laughs> keep him and the best. But I really did have this, you know, I got to see what David didn't because he was teaching and we would do workshops from somewhere, you know, 10 to 12 people. Yeah. And they started to be for, you know, we thought 45 to 70 yeah. year old. And it turned out that we had teenagers and we had, we had an 80 plus 80 plus. Yeah. And when David was teaching, you know, so many people have this lower back pain or hip pain or knee pain. And, yeah. and we would stand in one of the things that one of the tracks that David came up with was about eccentric loading yeah. and eccentric strength. And he would teach everyone how to go downstairs and you'd see everyone's like, Oh, so boring. It's like they want, you know, people want, and, and I learned all about movement because I just stood at the bottom of stairs with David and he would be like, this is what's happening. And these are the mechanics. And so, so fascinating. But when he taught people going down, how to go downstairs, yeah. the aha moments, and people would say weeks later, like I'm, yeah. I'm moving entirely differently because of that, those five minutes that wow. David spent about core breath connection and, yeah. and using, you know, glutes and quads properly. So let's see. This isn't. This is not magic. It's just that connection that we spoke of, and it's just understanding how the body is supposed to move whenever there's gravity we have a, this tendency to give into gravity and we start to plop down the stairs or when you sit, sit into a chair to sit down with control so that you're actually lowering the body into the chair mm -hmm. as opposed to just i see this all the time when i watch people get into their cars where they'll open up the door they'll turn themselves around and they will aim their butt at the the um the seat and they will literally let themselves fall back so there's absolutely no control yeah. So if you do that once, it's no big deal. But if you do that thousands and thousands of times over a year, then you actually, over years, you actually lose the skill. Yeah. yeah. So basically all I'm doing is I'm just, um, it's, it's not magic. I'm just teaching people how to move the way the body was designed to move. So when you're stepping from one step down to the next step, don't plop. So eventually what happens is you start to plop. We call it plunking, no plunking. And so when you plunk, then you lose the ability to control that. And then you start putting your hand on the railing and then you start using the railing for support. And so you, it just, it's one thing after another that. And you lose your confidence. Yes. That's what we found from yeah. people would say they would lose their confidence. And, you know, you talk about going back to the wrong bus syndrome that we yeah. spoke about. It's status quo almost in, you know, enables us to yeah. do things improperly. They, the, the cars, the car seat, you know, is higher. Or David would say, you know, yeah. um, you lose the ability to sit down on your chair and you're plunking all the time. That's why when you're older, there's those, you know, it's like the, the lazy, you know that boy, lazy boy that comes up and you sit in it and then it lowers you back. Or down. the toilet seats, yeah. you know, the toilet seats that you buy so you don't have to lower yourself. So, yeah. you know, using your breath and your core. So David teaches that at the beginning yeah. of these sessions and then takes it to walking downstairs and sitting into chairs yeah. and then the first track for movement was just about david teaching people about their foot health yeah. and how to stand properly because we've lost that because we spend so much time 
in shoes that are yes. designed for fashion and not for life. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting, Lucia, is that if you watch children move, so you're probably going to see us on the news one day because Lisa and I, we lurk around children's playgrounds. And <laughs> it's not as creepy for me as it is for him. <laughs> we do that is because we're born knowing how to move perfectly. We really are. And so if you watch children move, they just move with such precision and such connection. Yeah. And for whatever reason, as we age, that whole idea of finding the most efficient way to do something, even if it's detrimental to the long-term evolution of the body, and then watching people standing at the bottom of a staircase and just watching hundreds of people go down the stairs and, and just showing Lisa where the deficiencies are and how to correct them. But I think what's most important is that I guess we're a bit movement-based right now, but everything else that we do has that same sort of approach. Mm, multi-dimensional. We, yeah, we look at the deficiencies created by disconnection or uh, us naturally um, just defaulting to an easier way to do it. It's laziness. Okay. Um, it's, it's the same as convenience food. It's the same as a convenience store. It's the same as a Starbucks exactly. coffee. We, you know, it's, it's anything that's facilitating us to believe it's convenient, yeah. but it's like convenient, right? So yeah. it's, it's unhealthy for us. It's unhealthy for our, you know, our communities. It's unhealthy for our planet. Um, and it's, it's robbing us of a natural aspect of living, natural mm-hmm. way of being. We're trying to find ways at having that conversation, which is, you know, busting out linear systems and, yeah. and making things multidimensional and expansive instead. Mm-hmm. And the aha moments, which are so crazy too, when you, like when we were doing these workshops, we, the, the aha moments where people actually, the light bulb went on, yeah. you could see them in the room and it was just so exciting. It was like the biggest reward for us to have somebody really have something land. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. This when the I I there was something that I thought that Glenn might want to talk about, but just before um I hand it over to him, I was thinking back to watching Milana, our daughter who is now 16, um, who <laughs> mm-hmm. who uh when she was little and she was a toddler and just this perfect posture. When they sit, I mean, they're just like their spines are beautiful. They're just so erect and they're doing their things. And it, it like amazing, 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 amazing. And almost like no matter what, breathing through their noses. Um, and just so many things like as they're moving around and just everything that you said, sort of, you know, as you're lurking around the playgrounds. Um, yeah, no, I remember. And I mean, you know, now like she's, she's, I still, you know, find her absolutely just she is such a powerhouse and I just love her and I'm so inspired by her. Um, however, she has become aware that in her teenage years, even though she's very active and and um, she is in performing arts and, and in musical theater. And so she's always dancing around a stage and stuff, but she's concerned about her posture, about, you know, how it's not like it was when she was a little kid and whatever. So she's, she's working at it now. But the thing that I also thought about when you were talking about little kids and how they move um, was Honey Bunch about the grounding, the earthing and the kids and the bare feet. Do you, do you want to, cause you haven't had a chance to say anything so far. So why don't you go, go now. Okay. I'm actually sitting on my, um, I have a grounding mat for earthing mat. I have one here too. So I don't have one to sit on. So I basically put this on my skin and plug this in. 
when I'm going to be sitting for a long time. Um, but that's one thing that was like an, you said, aha moments. That one was for me um, around the same time I discovered Wim Hof's breathing ideas. I came across that Clint Ober's, the guy who kind of re, uh, re I guess, introduced the idea of earthing into North American society anyway. Um, it was just like, oh, right. You know, until about maybe 150 years ago, people walked on the earth or their shoes were made of, you know, leather or something that was conductive to the earth, right? Mm -hmm. And the society we have now is what, 90 something percent, they're not walking on the earth anymore. Whether it's their shoes being plastic or rubber or our homes, you know, that we're way off the ground and whatever. And just that, that simplicity of like, oh, if we were to do that, I wonder what kind of difference it would make in the health of our daily lives of all of us. Like if we did like a COVID type pause experiment on that, you know, and just said, here, the government's going to send you these things, for example, or, you know, some way you get these or just get some silver masking tape, um, duct tape and put it across your bed as you're sleeping and attach a wire outside and or, or go outside for 10 minutes <laughs> or step <laughs> if it isn't snowing or whatever, you know, even yeah. if it is sometimes um, if it is right about breathing your biome and, and going outside into nature every day, no matter yeah. what the problem is. I'm, I'm, you know, like that was an eye opener for me. I, I just thought, wow. Um, and the Wim Hof thing. And, you know, we all, I haven't read the book, but uh, this guy, James Nestor, who was on um, Joe Rogan's podcast, talking his book's called Breath. A ba I based, I think, around the idea of um, Buddhist monks in like Tibet and Nepal, their ideas of breathing being mostly, obviously it's like through the nose and a lot of Western people breathe through their mouth and how it changes the shape of your mouth by just doing this all the time. And I know it can be difficult if you're going to run or something to insist on like telling your, your body, you know, I'm going to breathe through my nose, even if it's really, really cold when you're running or, but it's still better for you. Right. Never mind the whole, like take six deep breaths and, you know, reset your, parasympathetic nervous system, whatever. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm like making notes here and really impressed with like your, it seems that you've got, you, you use this opportunity of COVID in such a lovely way to um, complement one another's strengths and weaknesses, I guess, and, and try to figure out like, where can I learn here and where can I teach? And it's sort of like a reciprocal loop of um that cooperation right um the and the, the way you're ex explaining this it's sort of i can see how being cooperative versus being competitive is maybe something we have to to teach ourselves or remind ourselves again and again that it's like even when you're say focused on fitness and going to the gym or something and hitting goals and this kind of thing. That's still a form of competitiveness with yourself. And I know it can be a good thing, like discipline and that kind of thing can, can help build your, um, your stamina and your, you know, 
increase your growth potential and that kind of thing. But I think really we do have, we've been given these um, easy ways out that, as you said, like being lazy and, and uh, you know, when you said watching people going down the stairs, I thought, when was the last time I saw people going down the stairs? Cause most people in the mall or something, they're going, they're going to stand on that, you know, escalator, escalator. And it's like, Oh, okay. There's so many examples of, uh, isn't technology great, but is it really, you know, like in the long term, yeah. um, and the body, th- like you've given so many examples, Eric, I'm really looking forward to stealing the book away from Lassie when she gets it. <laughs> um, but the other idea was, um, like what your back to what you said in the beginning about just changing the status quo. It reminded me of the, um, the Buckminster Fuller quote. Do you know what I'm talking about? The yeah. probably you, yes. Yes. Yeah. About, in can. order to change an existing paradigm, you do not struggle to try and change the problematic mod- model. You create a new model and make the old one obsolete. Right. So you, you're doing just, that kind of thing. Spoke to somebody who's great. He's in. Um, it, it's more on the business side, and he's yeah. a huge fan of Buckminster Fuller. And so he's yeah. that quote over and over again. We just had a conversation with him the other day, and it's also it's just about a new way of thinking. Yeah, I'm going to make one suggestion. If you're going to do the chairs thing, uh, you know, sitting in chairs, maybe you could have a class. If Dave is going to do this again, where you play musical chairs and then watch people sit down properly you know you can't just find the chair you have to sit down yeah, correctly we'll come, we're, we're we're due to come out west in june to yes. speak at a conference um for three days and so we'll come and we'll we'll play the chairs with you so but it is it is part of our future proofing yeah. workshop um it's also in the book even that we encourage people because it's the simple things like that glenn that mm-hmm. you know make all the difference so we we believe that we've researched, you know, there's so many solutions that we have already built in. It's like so much possibility without even buying anything, without following any gimmick or magic yeah. bullet. And it's just like you said about grounding, it can be something yeah. um, so simple and about the understanding. Yeah. So Wim Hof, you know, that's great. And so this, the, our work also would complement that yeah. because we do go into the vagus nerve but from a very very practical standpoint of understanding that washing your face with wa- cold, cold water, water or ending your shower yeah. with cold water um can make a huge difference and the why so they would say you have to know your why they would used to yeah. say what did you say in your class you're like if i asked you why and you couldn't tell me why then you're probably not doing what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> so, so that was the amazing thing about going to David's classes because I would go to yoga classes and they could be fantastic with an amazing yeah. teacher. And I would go to his yoga class and he was talking the whole time and you would also learn at the same time. So you weren't just in practice, but you were taking away so much understanding of your body that I never yeah. would have had, um, you know, just understanding why we are doing a certain posture or what was happening you know, in the posture, why it was, why it was good. And so we've stayed true to that, yeah. which is always delivering the why and making it accessible. Yeah. So a 13 year old should be able to do this book and an 85 year old should be able to use this book because it's not too late and the stuff's really right. simple and accessible and functional. And we've broken it down into bite-sized pieces. So, you know, Wim Hof, that's like a whole program and a whole um, amazing 
you know, it's an protocol. amazing yeah. protocol, but we've broken, you know, breath down into small yeah. pieces. We've called meditation and talk about it, unmeditation. Unmeditation and basically- Another made up word. Yeah, so basically uh, meditation has all these rules that you're supposed to follow. And as you were talking about, let's see earlier about the counting of breath and like just a, like a six count inhale or, and then a pause. So what we've asked people to do is to just put all of that stuff aside and just breathe and then dial into your breath without being critical. Mm -hmm. so, so without being critical, just listen to yourself, breathe, and then start to change the way you breathe based on what it is that you're looking for. So if you're looking to calm the body down, you would slow the exhale down because the exhale is what has, it has great effect on your parasympathetic nervous system. So without criticism, without being analytical, I would just start to slow the way I breathe without counting. And it's, it's amazing. The breath, its impact on the body is immediate if you don't let all of the numbers and the protocols get in the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that people really want is they want direction, they want guidance, they want to know that they've got to exhale for six breaths and then pause for two seconds and then inhale. And we're trying to um, strip that away and give them the power to breathe or unmeditate the, the way they were designed to. So it's also just, I mean, besides the fact that we like to make up words because yeah. it makes sense, but from a marketing standpoint, you know, so from a personal standpoint first is I, I'm pretty like wound up on person and, you know, three kids and, and running mm. business and meditation, sitting in Lotus and being still was something that was like, not, not only not possible according to me then, but also just not even yeah. feasible. Like it just wasn't enjoyable. I didn't like it. And also counting yeah. breath, you know, they would say if you're counting your breath and that's what you're focused on, you're also more in sympathetic than parasympathetic. So David said, why don't you just lie down? I was like, yeah. you can lie down to meditate. <laughs> and I was all talking, so I yeah. lay down. I was like, oh my goodness. So, and I just have really taken on, and that's how I meditate. I meditate in yeah. Shavasana all the time. Yeah. And um, that's what I do. And I'm not saying that's right for the next person. Yeah. Yeah but it certainly made a difference. I was like, oh my God, to undefine yes. what it means just to be connected yeah. to my breath and stillness and quiet and taking that pause. It's such a beautiful thing. I would have never take, yeah. gotten up from my desk to do that before. So just to understand that if you're lying down and you're focused on your breathing and the body needs to go to sleep, then it will go to sleep. But um, I think you'll get to a point where when you're rested, you can lie down and let your breath happen naturally and you're not gonna fall asleep. And that's, um, I think that th this is what people don't understand. So the whole idea of unmeditation for me was to understand that as soon as I restrict my breathing by counting, the very first thing that's going to happen is I'm gonna trip my sympathetic nervous system and I'm actually gonna wind myself up mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get the opposite results. So I'm gonna strip all of that away and I'm just gonna breathe. That's all I'm gonna do and I'm gonna lay down because I really like laying down when I, I meditate and I've been doing it for years and on occasion I fall asleep. And if I do fall asleep, I know that it's because my body wanted to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I don't chastise myself. I'll wake up during the meditation and I'll just, um, just kind of segue back into what it was that I was doing. And it's just, it's such a beautiful, beautiful experience that has very little constraint. Mm -hmm.
So Glenn, you just talk about, you know, you talk about grounding, we talk about connection, we talk about breath and movement and, you know, not that there's not a time where we want to be able yeah. to be in ebbs and flows in our nervous system, but actually understanding how to take us, take ourselves into, you know, to trigger our parasympathetic nervous system is so huge. And that's at the, you know, going into nature or grounding oh gosh, yeah. or, um, or breath or Wim Hof, you know, any of those things all have that in common. We were like, nervous system, where does that fit in? And it's in everywhere, it fits yeah. in everywhere. So, you know, an understanding of that. And I always said to do, people don't want to understand. Like, I want to understand, I want to do, I want to accomplish, yeah. I want to do better. And you realize that you do better by being better, by having yeah. an understanding, by knowing your why, by identifying possibility and that everything really is connected yeah. back to what I said about um, David changing the way I breathe and my core breath connection, taking away my lower back pain. Mm -hmm. it, it made me, I could lift more weight, yeah. safer, feel better and stronger in my body. So obviously that then affects me and my confidence and my focus and my productivity and to be able to sit yeah. at my desk with less pain and, you know, be happier overall. So it's, yeah. we don't want to tell people we're selling happiness and we're, yeah. we're, you know, live your best life because those words are all taken, but we really do believe we're not only, you know, yeah. that if you give us a chance that you're giving yourself a chance. Yeah. Um, and also that we're supporting all the specialists and experts out there that have so much amazing stuff to offer, yeah. but are maybe in one category and we just want to bridge that gap between all of them. Yeah. The idea of experiential knowledge too. Sorry, the idea of experiential knowledge. I was, um, my mother had COPD, so she had a, a breathing disorder. So when I was in the womb, I was exposed to that. So it's the very first sensation that I had in conception, after conception, was my mother's difficulty with breathing. Mm -hmm. And I was born and cradled in her arms for, for years. And there was always this COPD that I was exposed to. And unbeknownst to me, it caused me to have um, a breath disorder myself. And it was, it was a psychological disorder. There was nothing wrong with me physically. But as I got older, it became more and more pronounced and it started to cause anxiety. And going to therapy to understand how to release that, understand what was happening. Um, this in part led us to removing all of the restrictions that would cause the sympathetic nervous system to kick in. So like this has profound um, understanding and basis to, even though we've, we've changed it to unmeditation and even though we speak of it at a very light level, there's a tr tremendous amount of, of um, foundation to what we're delivering mm -hmm. we're just not getting into the specifics of it and i would say that all of the work that we do has that same sort of essence to it as well mm -hmm. glenn you look like yeah. you want to say something just one one other follow-up on that so i think at the beginning you mentioned or earlier you mentioned about um just general positivity things like that now is there an element to this work that that is focused on the idea of uh, constructive thoughts and, and beliefs and expectations in terms of like you're, when you when you begin anything that involves improvement, whether it's health or diet, 
um, you know, you're changing habits, you're, you're, you're examining what you um, have been doing as sort of patterns that are just very familiar and, you know, they're, they're your fallback positions and that kind of thing. Um, but, and there's a comfort in that, but clearly you, you're, you're not going to use those same patterns to get up here or to get a, a new kind of vista on what's available to you. Is, is there um, something that is included in what you're talking about that speaks to that idea of um, that, you know, good things are available, right? Like my, my big, my big sort of uh, core belief overall spiritually and so forth is, uh, you know, it's consciousness first, like, you know, matter didn't exist before consciousness, like that, that's what I believe. I'm not a materialist. So um, now what goes with that for me is uh, what Einstein said is, uh, you know, the universe is friendly. And my belief is, you know, I live in a safe universe. That's my, that propels me forward and it stands me in good stead. And I believe it. And I, when I'm challenged, I try to, you know, take a breath, take a moment and go back to just knowing that. So is there, is there something for you, either of you or within that concept where you've looked at it and said, you know, it's important to remind yourself that you are capable of, or that, you know, you're born to grow, like you're, you know, we're, we're born to be better, right? Um, I, I would say one of the things that we have learned through our work, even just together is that everything's, everything's meant for feeling yeah. like that whole multi-dimensional it's like we talk about um broadening your scope and it's about feeling full spectrum yeah. so it's great to be positive i mean obviously going back to um trusting in yourself loving yourself and being in the moment obviously matters yeah. but it's also understanding that we're allowed to be sad or mad yeah. um you know it's everything's temporary so it's understanding that you can also feel we have this whole thing for the longest time it's like dynamic opposites you could be you know COVID's a perfect example like I think I mean I know I believe that everybody is struggling we're all struggling so David and I seem like we're having the time of our lives and we're so proud of our work and and everything's amazing but also everything is so challenging and it's a struggle every day and you know my kids are amazing but they struggle every day so just allowing that to all exist yeah. together um is okay and um you know that's how growth happens right yeah. from so the discomfort a couple of things glenn as as uh, lisa was saying the whole idea of dynamic opposite so allowing yourself to be happy and sad simultaneously and i think that that's a really interesting way to exist i have um a syndrome that I call the village idiot syndrome. So just like allowing yourself to be, um, to be someplace for no reason. So like the, the village idiot is that the guy sitting on the corner and he's always happy and he has absolutely no reason to be happy, but he's happy. So, and the same thing goes with sadness. Like I, I know that Lisa and I, we play off of one another and it's like every once in a while, we need to be reminded that it's okay to be sad for no other reason than you just need to you just need to experience this emotion to keep yourself emotionally balanced. So I, I, I find this is a really beautiful thing to know that it's okay to be sad without 
having some sort of concrete reason to be sad. And the same thing for happy. And then, and then for growth, just to talk about that, I mean, we talk about, you know, David would basically, I think every class would yeah. remind you, you know, if you're not challenging yourself, like it's, the growth comes from the confusion, adversity, right? It comes yeah. from that adversity. So we, this is, I don't know if you can see it in there, but we can send that. If yeah, you want. okay. It's about grow intelligence. Yeah. And another you know, word. we have all, another <laughs> word that we made up just to not, we, we don't want to hit any guardrails and upset people about using terms well. So we just changed them and made them right for ourselves to be able to land it. So for intelligence really is about, you know, neuroplasticity, yeah. but it's really about learning. And, you know, do you want to, so we do yeah. all these sort of circles, these visuals to explain what's happening and about learning. It's about learning something new. And then, and then that creates confusion. And then the confusion is followed by discomfort. And then the discomfort is followed by adaptation. And then the adaptation is followed by improvement. So it's very circular. Every time we learn something new, everything, every time we're exposed to something new, the very first thing that happens is confusion. And then most of the time it's discomfort. And then you get that adaptation and then the improvement. And it just, it's very cyclic. And that's- Right, so if you believe yeah. in that, if you believe in that, then you're like always gonna be able to learn because you yeah. realize that through that discomfort and confusion yeah. that there's change ahead. And if that's what you're after, do you know what I mean? Just, and you're talking about improvement or betterment and you're saying about beginning a journey in there. I think, you know, back to yeah. where we came from originally, I, we're all on our own journey. So we're all doing our own thing. And I guess, you know, even coming from working in business development for, you know, clients, I really believe if you're not innovating and you're not moving forward, you're, you're losing ground and you're moving backwards. So yeah. I think as humans, um, you know, being kind, I could say, I think I'm a kind person, but I also believe that I can be kinder, that I, there's, there's just always better to do. And I don't mean that about obsessing about it and working on it in that way, but keeping an open mind and allowing discomfort and change to be something that yeah. um, we grow from. And so that's one of our foundations is brain intelligence. And it's about helping yeah. people embrace that discomfort and confusion that it's okay. Um, we're all learning. So yeah. it's like, like give yourself the like give yourself the opportunity to suck at something because that's mm -hmm. where you get better at it and building tiny habits along the yeah. way. I think something that what I do is I I try to get people to envision their brain as their bicep. So your brain is actually a muscle, a neurological muscle, and so if I challenge the muscle to work, it gets stronger. Mm -hmm. And if I don't challenge it then it becomes complacent and it starts to fall apart. So I think that um, it's a, a really important uh, kind of visualization to understand that the brain is just a neurological muscle. And it's so if I'm going to keep myself fit by moving or doing any sort of strengthening or stretching, so stretching as well, um, I have to do the same thing with my brain. I have to strengthen my brain. I have to stretch it. It so has it to means, be. It means yeah. not. You know, Taco Tuesday is great, but if you have Taco Tuesday and it's the exact same thing every Tuesday, you're not, you're not, yeah. you know, you're not learning and growing in the kitchen. So it's about use a different ingredient maybe, or try something different. So not making the same recipes all the time is the same as yeah. not always doing the same meditation, try different ones, not always grounding yourself in the same way, not always moving yourself yeah. the same way, the same plane 
Um, and so always sort of challenging yourself yeah. through confusion or, or. So the best, the best way to do this, Lucia, do you know the best way to do this? You, you do know this. I, as, as Lisa's talking, I'm just thinking, do things that you do every day in different ways, like brush your teeth with your other hand, stand on one foot when you're doing something, walk That's backwards, put your coat on in a different way, like did simple things like that. Something more simple than that, Glenn? No, I was going to say that brush your teeth with your left hand or what, you know. Okay. Like, How about dance? Ooh. Oh, right. Okay. okay. Do you hear that, Glenn? Dance. Yes. <laughs> You're being so given permission to dance. You're being yeah. given an assignment to dance. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. It, it seems like <laughs> it seems like your wife just won something. It's the best. <laughs> it is the absolute best way to keep the brain functioning, high functioning. And it's love it. Yeah. It's I love it because I love dance. That's my favorite way yeah. to exercise because it's not exercise. It's movement and it's it's expressive and it's creative yeah. and it's artistic and it's fun and there's music and and there's so many different ways to do it. So yeah, okay, I love that dance. It's so many different levels, right? So that's why your daughter, you talk about your daughter dancing. Yeah. And expressive in arts. Like, I mean, she's living the best life possible. Yeah. She really is. If she's yeah. happy and connected to it. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She, I mean, she, there, there is, there is pressure, there is stress definitely, but she takes it on, she embraces it. And I'm even, it, you know, two days ago, she came and she sat down, I have to talk to you. And then she, you know, laid some stuff on me about this performance that they're, that they're rehearsing for where she has one of the two lead roles. And I mean, I can't even imagine anyone else being picked for this role because it's like, she, like, she's the one, you know, and the, and the teachers, you know, the producers, like they also saw that in her. But she was thinking, you know, I don't have it in me. I don't know who this character is. I don't know the background, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but you have it in you to like bring that forth, you know? So like her. yesterday. A cookie named after her. <laughs> but then yesterday, she's like, waltzes into the living room. I'm going to steal the show and this and that. And the confidence was. And I'm like, okay, so can you just like, just for a moment, be conscious of what you're saying and what you're feeling right now? backtracking to the conversation we had not even 48 hours ago and she's like yeah okay and it was just so amazing to see you know the arc to see the trajectory because it was like her all along and it was yeah. exactly what you were talking about you know just now the that you know that circle of you know the discomfort and the something new and that i'm probably getting it a little mixed up it's, but it's like, it's, it's so true. And it's something that I can, I experienced in a huge way, like profound way last week when I sat down to write a newsletter, I was in the middle of an email to some other people that I do a once a month live podcast with. And then I had just found out that I was going to be the day before that I was going to be filling in for our minister at our center on Sunday to do the Sunday talk because she had to have some emergency surgery. And so I'd been given a topic which I wasn't super comfortable or gung ho with, but thought, no, I'm going to rise to the challenge because this is what you do as a minister when you're a minister. And, um, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. I'll do my research. But then as I was sitting down to write my newsletter and thinking about this talk and, and thinking about what I had to say in this email about the upcoming podcast, these voices started coming in of 
no one wants to hear what you have to say. You're nobody takes what you do seriously. And the big one, which comes up every now and then is you're a fraud. Now I know enough to know, and, and most times I can just sort of like, thank you. That's not my reality. Whoosh. But every now and then, and I know enough to know that when this is happening, it is a period of profound growth of some kind of expansion of the next level of becoming and that I cannot sweep them under the rug, under the carpet, put them in a box and tie a little bow and you know hide it in the closet. It's something that needs to come out. It needs to bubble up. It needs to be known. It needs to be felt. It needs to be expressed. I need to just flow through it and allow them to flow through me. And, you know, the, the, this amazing saying I love, you can go through hell, just don't build a condo there. And so this is, you know, me going through my hell, not building a condo. It sucks big time, you know, in the middle of it. And even sometimes that voice of, you know, this is just like, it, it's come to pass, you know, like you're in it now, but it's, it's impermanent. It's temporary and it is growth. That is what's happening. Yes. Um, and then the next day, you know, completely wrung out and just so mm, zen, you know, because of the volatility that had occurred the day before, but also expanded. And then there's sort of the like, okay, now I'm in the new and now there's this and now the pain and the discomfort is gone. I'm feeling very calm and like maybe my energy is, you know, at a one versus a 10, like most of the time it is. But that's okay because I need to just, you know, continue to process. And then the stuff came and my Sunday talk ended up, you know, being inspired by that entire thing, which totally got tied into the topic that I put a whole other spin on, which people loved. And so it just, yes, those, that circle, that explanation, those yeah. steps, the, those stages, it's incredible. And when people don't allow themselves the opportunity to go through that because they think it's too painful, it's too hard, I can't do it, I don't know. They're just robbing themselves of, you know, that next better, more, more amazing experience of you, you know, that is just wanting to come up anyway. So I think, Lucia, you said something that was really important. And I've said this to Lisa a number of times. You said, that's okay, that it's okay. So I think it's important to understand that um, when you're confused, when you have fear and there's discomfort, that it's an okay situation. Mm -hmm. And I, like I say, like a cloud moving through the sky, it's in your vision and then it's just going to gently move its way on. Yeah. And like nothing that we experience is or permanent. Not yeah. <laughs> but, but nothing is permanent. Yeah. Like really nothing is permanent. So just the understanding that um, I, I think that the anxiety that I dealt with when I was growing up, when I came to terms with its presence and I realized that being anxious was okay and just let it make its way through my being, that's when I started to um, no longer be controlled by my anxiety. And also, you know, the book itself yeah. is a product of us getting like pretty messy, yeah. trying to navigate, not just, like you know, to it's total bringing, meltdowns. Total meltdowns. <laughs> <laughs> total. Um, and, and, you know, we would argue and not ever with conflict argue, yeah. but it would be like, you know, both of us having our own discomfort in the moment, 
and also the discomfort because I mean, I've been self-employed forever and I worked on my own and in my basement for a reason. It's that <laughs> unconventional thing, the ideas. And David also was like on his own. So we're my two really yeah. um, like opinionated, right? It's like, we, we, we have certain things that we do not rest on. Yeah. And, and that's what the book is that product of total meltdowns and getting really, really messy, yeah. which also that's when the book started becoming real and really actually us realizing that this is actually gonna land. This yeah. can actually land um, when we got messier because if we just sort of went at it and put a page down with based on what we knew, yeah. it was okay. It was, it was good, but it was not anything like when we allowed ourselves to be uncomfortable, yeah. we learned from it and then we put our learnings back into the page, which is why a couple of the pages, yeah. especially the one on the nervous system, um, that working in the window of tolerance, which we used in the book, um, that took us two yeah. weeks. But it was such a big understanding though for us as well. And it really has that page, that one page has changed the way we live our lives. Mm. So it, it's quite something. Work, how I yeah. how I work with clients, yeah. how I am with my kids, how I am with Rob, like everything. So lots of aha moments for us as we were making our way through the book. So that's the best part of it, right? Yeah. Okay, you guys, I'm looking at the time and we're probably about an hour and a half and I feel like we're just getting started. But it, this isn't Joe Rogan, so we're going to we're going to stop, you know, pretty soon. But Honey Bunch, do you, is there anything else that you want to ask or chime in on before we start to wrap it up? Is there any video footage of this book book coming into existence because I, I would have appreciated some example that yeah. Anyway, I know it probably there wasn't, but is there a plan to do like snippets uh, on some kind of social media um, to like, you know, like vi video clips or whatever that you can use examples or, you know, so some things can be better uh, understood and dispersed into the community through sort of video means or you know what I mean? Like, is there a plan to do part of that? One of the things about our book is we always say the book is, I mean, it's a journey. You take it on and you do the work, but we're also aware um, that the book is, it's, it's a course, it's an experience. It's not a book. It's not something you read once from cover to cover and you're done. So our last page is, our last chapter is about, you know, keep climbing, like keep going and that it's a middle. And, um, we have video support so part of what you get with the book is that you get yeah. so all the movement patterns are done on video and you know we're new at this um you know technology is a whole amazing thing the things that we can do but the reason why we work with people in sessions um right now obviously more with between the weather and covid we're doing it online um, but the book is the guide and it holds sort of a protocol in, in the things that we would cover, but we provide that accountability and that, you know, talking one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. So, you know, lots of people have things they want to focus on specifically so we can do that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so everything, the physical movement, everything can be done on video and yeah. we do have, I mean, there's a lot of support on behind a password protected area that's exclusive for people who have the book because 
yes, a book is not necessarily going to be enough. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. And you want proof of some of the struggles? Just ask some of the neighbors when they heard us <laughs> outside. I can remember <laughs> one time in particular where where Lisa stormed away from me and I threw my arms up in the air and I said, you've ruined my life. <laughs> and this was done like in public. So you know, wow. just very high emotional place. Just, just like, I mean, going off the, the deep end and then pulling yourself back to a, a, an yeah. incredible state of balance. That's actually because of that action, it's taken us to a higher level of, of interaction as well. He, the first time he met me, he told me I was challenging. So I just want to make sure I live up to that standard yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah, because challenging goes on and on, doesn't it? It's, you know. It certainly does. Wow. Cool. Okay, well, I just thank you, thank you, thank you to you both. We're not quite done yet, but like there's the first round of thank yous. And I really do feel like we just kind of scratched the surface today. Yeah. But what an incredibly rich, amazing conversation. I am, I am once again so excited um, for you guys. I am so excited for the world. I am so excited for just this incredible evolution, this wellness intelligence that you have, you know, birthed, carved out of, you know, just what you guys found and have worked with. And that, you know, it's, it's just not only something that you are giving, but you are living. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm just really, really grateful that you took the time out to chat with us today. As, so as are we, yes. you know, it's amazing to connect with someone who believes in what you're doing and the enthusiasm, because, you know, as you say that, that, that connection is so important to us. It is. So even though we believe in it, it's so validating when somebody else has an aha moment or appreciates yeah. what we're doing um, because we know that we're only, we're only able to do this with everybody else. So the idea of building community, which is what we're doing right now, it is so, it's such a, a it's a significant gratifying thing that we're doing right now. And it's not so much the information that we're imparting, it's just, as Lisa was saying, surrounding yourself by like-minded people who actually understand, they get it, they reinforce. And they um, want to be part of something. And they serve it back to you as yeah. well, right? So we learn so much every time we interact with somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, I just, this is a slight aside, but I, Lisa, are you guys in your office right now? Okay, so I just... <laughs> The same as when you were here last, no? I, okay, so I don't know if you remember this or not, but I had a meeting with you one day when I was feeling weirdly sick. And I came to you, we had a half hour meeting. It was about a new brand, the Delights brand. Yeah. And you said, just, just, you know, I think you might've drawn, I, I don't know if I drew a circle, you drew a circle. And then you printed, you printed something. It was supposed to be a legible word within a circle with my signature on it. And this printout came out with this green, solid, like weird, what it, what is that? Um, like different hues of like the same, you know, like the same color with like lines in it. And you're like, oh my God, Lesia, look what your energy did to my printer. <laughs> and it was just like, what happened? It, and now, like, honestly, when I look back on that, it's like, how could that not have happened? You know, it just like, it was so funny. And that's just what I remembered by looking at your office right there. 
and really, you know, going back to sort of my, again, that understanding of you focus so much, you know, on one area of your life, but not on the others. And, you know, that's, that's where, you know, imbalance ends up showing up like a weird green circle coming out of someone's printer. <laughs> anyway, okay, so um, just to lighten things up and make things fun, you know, even though they've been kind of fun throughout, we're going to move into what were you going to say? We'll do the 60 seconds if it's just David, right? What? Are you going to go back and forth? I know Lisa said David's going to do it, but. Well, it's good. It's good. <laughs> no, back and forth. 90 seconds, okay. back and forth. Okay, so it's going to be a rapid fire question round. You eat your, so Glenn's going to flip back and forth. So just whoever he starts with, you, next person, just alternate in answers, just off the top of your head, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, no thinking about it. It's just meant to be fun. This isn't a game show for like a hundred million dollars or anything. It's just uh, no pressure. I'm going to do it for the discomfort factor. <laughs> all of it for me. It's a meltdown right here. Live, well, not live, recorded. Okay. so good at it. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, um, Oh, we just hit the top of the the top of the minute. But okay, Honey Munch, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm just moving one since they're both doing this. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh -oh. <laughs> ten seconds to go, and then at the end, you will know what you've won. So, right now, three, two, one, go. Okay, starting with with uh, Lisa. Do you sing in the shower? No. Hey, David, how many tattoos do you have? Five. Yes. Okay. Back to Lisa. Mask or mezuzah? Mezuzah. Okay. Uh, swimming or skiing? David. Swimming. Okay. Sweet or savory? Savory. Okay. Uh, hot or cold shower? Hot. Okay. Books or movies? Books. Okay. Consciousness or energy? Energy. Okay. Vegan or plant-based? Lisitarian. New lexicon. Um, exercising the body or the mind? The mind. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Ah! <laughs> okay. Appetizer or dessert? Dessert. Okay. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Uh, walking on the beach or in a forest? In the forest. Okay. Kindness or compassion? Compassion. Uh, salty or sweet? Sweet. <laughs> uh, bicycles or cars? Bicycles. Music or books? Music. Uh, Cher or Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga. Ding, 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 All right. ding, You can tell I'm running out of good ones here, so. All right, Glenn, tell Lisa and David what you right. won. <laughs> you have won. <laughs> From my favorite book of um, aphorisms. And it's how I appear to be a smarty pants sometimes. Anyone, so. can you please say the title and the author? Because some people would just be listening. James Geary. Um, he has a recent book on humor, which is really good. But this is his book of Geary's Guide to the World's Greatest Aphorists. And 
this is one I really like. I think it fits with your your team, um, Aristotle. We live in deeds, not years, in thoughts, not breaths. Ooh, that's controversial right there. <laughs> in feelings, not in figures on a dial. We should count time by heartthrobs. He who most, sorry, he most lives, who thinks most, feels the noblest, acts the best. Beautiful. All right. I like it. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. So before we go, Lisa and David, if people wanted to find out more about you, the Akira concept, where is the best place for people to go and find you? Theakiraconcept.com is the best place. Um, We are at the Akira Concept on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook as well. All right. Awesome. So thank you once again. This was so much fun, so enlightening, so inspiring, so engaging. I, I just, I'm so grateful for you both for, for coming and chatting with us, for inspiring and educating us. And I will think very differently now when I'm getting into my car, <laughs> when I am walking down the stairs um, and, uh, and, and just continuing to, to really endeavor to, to live in harmonious balance and be very conscious of every aspect of my life. And, and I am so looking forward to getting your book. And um, Ashley, where, where's your, where's your book available? Is the best place to get it off from your website? Careconcept.com. There is on the navigation bar, you can just click on the workbook and it shows you all the places that you can get it a little bit about it. Um, Okay. There's so much content on your site too. Okay. Yeah, there is tons of content on your site. Such a good website. Okay. So thank you very much to Lisa Borden and David Newton. Thank you very much. Glenn Sheridan for uh, your co-hosting. And this has been another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? Thank you to everyone who tuned in, who watched, who listened. And we will be back again soon for another episode. Thanks so much. And bye for now. This has been an episode of Who Do You Think You Are? An exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lassia Kahoot, and I have been your host. My co-host has been Glenn Sheridan. We'd like to thank the following for helping make this podcast a reality. Today's special guests, Lisa Borden and David Newton. Music, Vasco Lorenko copyright 123rf.com Background illustration Sakma Staircase copyright 123rf.com For more information on this podcast and Alasia Kohut Soul Excavator please visit www.lasiakohut.com If you like what you've heard please like subscribe and let us know by leaving a comment Thanks for tuning into Who do you think you are